having biblical courage. I don't know what courage means to you. I don't know what you need courage for in your life. Uh, we need. There are lots of times that um, we need to be courageous and uh, we need to stand up and and speak and talk about what God has called has called us to talk about. And so we continue talking about what the Bible says about courage. And I'd like us to turn to our text this evening, Acts chapter 4. And in Acts chapter 4, we want to talk about courage. Uh, last week, Erica came to church, Erica D'Andrew, and she brought her family um, with her. And I, I spend a little bit of time every day working on uh, my Spanish. And I work on my Spanish, I work on my Spanish, and I can remember going to uh, Erica's wedding and, and walking away going, wow, I understood uh, most of that. I can remember, and a lot of times I can keep up with hearing Spanish. And when I saw them come into church last Sunday, I said, I want to go talk to them. I want to go use some Spanish. Guess who lost the courage and didn't try his Spanish out last week? That was me. Uh, you know, I failed in courage. Now, at the same time, I never uh, went went and said, "God, I want, I need courage to go do this, to try this." I didn't go before God the Father, and um, but I hope in my life, if put into a situation like Peter and John in Acts chapter four. I would be courageous, and that there is something um, that we I think we need to be courageous about. And I'd like to look at verses, start by looking at verses 1 to 4 here, and see what we need to be courageous about. In Acts chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captains of the temple, and the Sadducees came unto them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached, in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. And so the first thing as I think about speaking with courage that I'd like us to think about tonight is that the name of Jesus and his resurrection offends people. And so as we look at this text, um, we have to understand that Jesus' name and the story of his resurrection offends people. So I think that we need to be courageous in talking about the resurrection. Um, I, I think that's very, very, very important. And you could turn on uh, the, the television. And you can turn to your favorite uh, news station, and you can hear about the issues of the politics for the day. And I think it's I think it's important that we stand up um, for what is right, and we can talk about what is right and what is wrong. Um, I know that uh, I hear a lot of people they want to debate and talk about, and they want to talk about their beliefs about abortion. And I think it's I think it's good to stand up to abortion 
and call it what it is, it's sin, and to speak against it in the right, the right to life. I think that that's very important. And there's a lot of people that stand up courageously for that. And I know that in our circles and popular today is uh, talk about uh, things involving homosexuality and transgenderism. And Christians, we might stand up and we might speak and we might debate about that. And sometimes that takes courage. Um, this last last week, I, I shared my biblical opinion on on the sanctity of marriage and a biblical perspective on it, and I needed courage to do that. But in this passage of Scripture, I see what Paul, Peter and John needed to be courageous about was speaking about the resurrection. And it's the resurrection that, that's going to offend people more than those political topics. And, it, again, I'm not saying that it's not right for us to stand up and be counted for what is right. I'm just saying I'm putting the emphasis here on being courageous about the name of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and his resurrection. And we need some courage for that. We need to stand up and be counted and say, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and I believe in that. You might get some funny looks when you say that you believe, you believe that Jesus Christ literally rose from the dead and that's what makes you different. That's what sets you apart. And I often, I think about this. We talk about how it seems foolish to the world to talk about the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The scriptures talk about that. But I've often thought about this. If you think about Jesus Christ rising from the dead, everything that was necessary for life was all in the place that it needed to be as Jesus Christ's body laid in the tomb. God, Jesus Christ, just needed to raise himself back up from the dead. All the materials were all in place. They were all there, ready to go. And I think about the atheist who says that there is no God. To think that everything could somehow come together into the right place at the right time and under the perfect con uh, circumstances that life could spontaneously pop out of nowhere. Um, they believe in something just as foolish as, as we do. More foolish, I believe. We believe that the God who created it brought himself back from, from the dead. I, I, my wife, or I read something, or my wife read it to me, I can't remember this week, that, that as we see the number of people who are, this is an interesting statistic, with the rise in people who claim to be atheists, we also see a rise in the people who believe in the supernatural. Isn't that crazy? If they're an atheist, why are they believing? You know, why are they, they sold out on the fact that there's this supernatural? Christians have been preaching that God does the supernatural for thousands of years. And he's the author of it. And there's some intelligence and there's purpose to it. And there's design to it. And we ought to be speaking about the resurrection. We should, we should be excited to be, speak, to be speaking about it. And because they were bold and they spoke out about Jesus Christ, and his resurrection from the dead, 
they were, they were arrested. And then I see in verses 5 to 12 that as these people, as Peter and John, as they spoke out for Jesus Christ, and as they were arrested, the Spirit of God gave them supernatural boldness. In Acts chapter 4, verses 5 to 12, it says, And it came to pass on the next day, that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been, has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. Uh, verse 12 has been one that um, I have often quoted. And I've talked about how Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. That he is. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. I've used that verse a lot. But I have never used it in the face of, of people who were there ready and prepared to kill me and had already killed Jesus Christ for his message. I've never done that. I can't relate to the, the supernatural boldness that the Holy Spirit gave them. Look in verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. I believe that this was a supernatural boldness that was given to them. And maybe, maybe you're not bold. You don't feel bold. You're not, you, you, you don't do well at talking with people. You need to pray, pray to the Holy Spirit that He'll give you boldness. And he has the absolute power to do that. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I, I have to tell you a story that happened right about where I'm standing, right, right here. I had decided that I was going to make a change in my life for Jesus Christ. I was going to turn my life around and I was going to live for the Lord I made that decision when I was 17 years old I was going to change my life and everything about it one of the first people that I got a letter from her this week and that was Elaine Edmondson she was put in charge of the Christmas program that year here at the church. Amazing servant of God. How many of you 
know Elaine Edmondson. You can, amazing woman of God. And she came and she said, Scott, I want you to be in the Christmas program this year. I said, I don't know about that. She said, you got to do something for God. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. She was very good at convincing. And she convinced me. And I went home and I got these lines for the Christmas program. And I, 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 watched, I watched my son, who's about the same age, do the same thing this year. Kind of, kind of looked over him, and kind of learned him, and watched, and and he learned him, and was getting ready to do it, and and everything, and he studied him like I studied him half-heartedly, probably, but I knew my lines, and I can remember this was 22 years ago. We had probably the same setup that we had for the Christmas program this year, back there, and I came out and I looked at everybody and I went. I was supposed to be talking. That was that was the part, you know. And I just I just kind of froze. And I bumbled my way through it. I just remember, like, at the end, this is awful. I don't ever want to stand in front of somebody again and talk in front of. And you know who the first person to come up to me afterwards was? Miss Elaine. And she was a tremendous encouragement. And always from that point on, and probably before that, but the, I can remember that being, she encouraged and encouraged and encouraged. And I, I won't forget her and some others who encouraged me strongly to keep on going and keep on doing and keep on speaking. In other words, what I'm saying is every time I get up in front of someone to talk to them, it's a supernatural thing. When I share the, the word of God and um, I open the book and I speak from it, it is not something that comes naturally. Sometimes I will hear someone on the radio like Alice Trevegg. You ever heard that guy's uh, voice as he speaks with his accent in the power? I say, well, but I don't, I don't even think that guy's, you know, as he's sharing the word of God. I don't think he, that's a supernatural gift that God gave him to be able to spread the gospel. And and as you hear someone preach with authority, uh they, they are doing it with boldness because they are filled by the Spirit of God. And you think, oh man, I can't ever do that. I, I, that. I'm not natural with that. Well, pray that the Holy Spirit will give you boldness when you need it. Um, I, I still, to this day, I, I love talking with people about the Word of God. I love sharing the Word of God and talking about Jesus' resurrection. But I always, I always, and I just, I'm just trying to tell you, I understand what you're, what you think. I am, I always get nervous that I'm going to say the wrong thing when I'm having small talk with people, and I'm just chatting with them. And sometimes I have to say, stop and say and pray, 
God, give me the supernatural boldness to speak your words. And so if you think that you're the only one that trips over their words and tumbles, stumbles with their tongue, know that there are so many other people that they feel the same exact way. And God can give you boldness to speak for him. In Acts chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, the story continues. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a noble miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it, but so that it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak, they speak to no man in his name. I think that it's kind of interesting in verses 13 to 17 that the gospel cannot be denied and the enemy will cower. You see that Peter and John spoke with boldness. And look at what it says. They, they stood before these Jewish leaders. And the Bible says in verse 13 that they were uneducated and untrained. But they spoke with boldness in front of in front of these guys. So what, what excuse could you have? Well, I'm just a simple person. I wouldn't know the words to say. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, Peter and John, the great Peter and John that we always look up to, would say the same things. And then, don't you love it, that, that they couldn't answer anything. They couldn't figure out what to do. They realized that these men had been with Jesus and these educated men were speechless. When the power of God comes out of our mouth and the Holy Spirit fills us with boldness and, and we, we speak for Christ, it'll be with power and authority that doesn't come from, from us and our greatness, but it comes from Jesus Christ. And He needs to be the source of our courage. As we continue on in verses 18 to 22, it says, So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. So the next thing I wrote here is that courage takes a stand. And these guys, they are threatened. They are told not to teach. They are told not to use the name of Jesus Christ. And their answer is, uh, whatever, what you think is not important, 
What's important is what God thinks. Don't you think that that's the way uh, we need to live our lives? Um, do we have biblical integrity as we think about what we do and, and what we do on a daily basis? Is our foundation in the Word of God and do we, do we stand on the fact that we need to speak up for what is right and be a witness to the things that we have seen and heard and let God be the judge? Does it matter what public opinion is? No. Remember, it matters what God's opinion is. In the end, does it, does it matter... What anyone else says? Or does it matter that you'll stand for God? Let me, I believe that the Word of God is clear. That we are under the authority of whatever government or whatever rules that we as citizens of the country in which we, are, we find ourselves in, we are responsible to be obedient to that authority until it comes in conflict with the Word of God. If the, the resurrection and the name of Jesus Christ became illegal today in our country, would we stand up and say, whether well, it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I hope that all of us in this room we have that moral integrity that is prepared to be courageous in the sight of adversity. What if, some, what if someone were to stand up and say, I disagree with you. I don't think. Would we stand and say, we're going to do what's right. We're going to speak what's right. We're going to say what's right. Because the only person we care that's listening and that hears what we have to say is Jesus Christ. That's real courage. That's real scriptural integrity. As I look at that at this passage of scripture, let's continue on and read verses 23 to 30. It says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard it, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot in vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hands and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants with all boldness 
that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And as, as I read that verse, I see that the courage that Peter and John had, and that they were willing to take a stand for the resurrection and to speak out for it, it was something that, that led to praise. Now, I think that um, as we look at the word courage, and as we want to have courage in our life, we need to understand that there's a difference between courage and stupidity. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes we think about courage might be if you decide that you want to work construction, stepping out to a, onto a roof for the first time to help shingle it. That might take some courage. Stupidity is when you climb up onto the roof to jump off of it as a teenager. There's a difference. And when we think about uh, courage versus stupidity, courage might be getting in, and, and in the end you might be excited and pleased and be able to do some courage would be uh, maybe standing in line to ride a roller coaster for the first time. Stupidity is uh, skydiving without a parachute, right? And we they might both take, you know, but when we think about being a Christian and standing up for the Lord, if you look at the end result of what happens, being foolish might be doing something inappropriate. Something that will go to, to harm someone else. To do the wrong thing. But if we have real, true biblical courage, and biblical courage may be taking the gospel to someone who's hopeless, a drug addict. Someone that's going to take a lot of work to speak the truth in love might take your time, your effort, your funds. But in the end, there will be praise. Praising the Lord for the great things that He has done. And in the end, we will be praising the Lord for what He has accomplished. Look at, look at this prayer of boldness that Peter and John pray. Lord! You are God. You have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And, and, and these guys stood up to the religious leaders and they got a victory. Thousands came to know Christ because of their boldness and to speak about the resurrection. And in the end, they were praising the Lord for the great things that He has done. Someone with courage and boldness to do something like get on a roller coaster, at the end they're excited. Someone who gets the courage to go uh, parachuting without a, uh, to go skydiving without a parachute, that's a totally different thing in the end. And if we're going to have true biblical courage, we need to make sure that the Lord is behind it. And the end result is that courage leads to praise. True biblical courage leads to praising the Lord. And finally, the last thing that I I have here from the, is verse 31. God 
is pleased with godly courage, the right kind of courage. In verse 31, it says, And when they had praised, prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And as I look at that, the end of this story, the end result, God pours out His Spirit in a great and mighty way in the building. And I see this as God saying, yes, the gospel and the word of God, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is going to change the world. And this same godly boldness that Peter and John had, this little bit of it, take it and go and change the world. And I believe it's our, our responsibility to become bold for Jesus Christ. And I hope that all of us will look to be bold for Jesus Christ today, this week, and in the coming months. And as I think about boldness and, and courage, the kind of courage that we need, the kind of courage that we ask God for, it's important that we ask Him and that we act on it. And that we be courageous, a courageous Christian. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14, it says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains and are much more bold to speak the word without fear. As we look at Peter and John, a couple of men who in the face of possible death, imprisonment, someone tell them, don't you speak in the name of Jesus Christ, they spoke with boldness. They had God's kind of courage. Paul, who was imprisoned, who would ultimately give his life, that just emboldened him to speak the word of God. And in all these cases, you look and you see that the courage of someone to stand up for the resurrection led to more courage to stand up to speak the name of Jesus Christ, which leads to more people standing up to speak the name of Jesus Christ. It's exciting, and I think that that's something that we need to strive for. I hope that we will have courage. It's not always going to be easy, and everything in our hearts might say, stay seated. You don't need to get involved. You don't need to speak up. Someone else can do it. But let the Holy Spirit prod you. Let, him, let, him, let the words come out with boldness. Encourage. Be like Peter and John. And, and speak supernaturally. Might not be natural for you to be courageous. Not be, it might be natural. You might be afraid of the words that come out of your mouth. Might not sound good. You might say, I'm, I'm not trained. I'm not educated. Neither were Peter and John. Jesus Christ gave them boldness. And that same God can give you boldness today. Speak the words of truth 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear only Father, Lord, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the courage that you have given us in speaking the truth. And that I thank you for people who have come up to us and spoken the words of Jesus Christ. People who have had courage to talk about the resurrection. I pray that you might help us to do the same this week. Lord God, you are good. Fill us with your spirit. Give us boldness from on high. For it's on your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.